This is Crossroads with Clayton King. If some of you could just make up your mind that you care more about what Jesus says about you than what your friends think about you, you would change the world. What if you made up your mind? I know who God is. I know who I am. I'm gonna live for Jesus and I'm not trying to win a popularity contest because none of these people died on the cross for me. Jesus did. My allegiance belongs to him. What if you did that? What would life be like if we truly identified ourselves as followers of Jesus in everything we do? Being bold in our faith is often a challenge today in America, but it's especially challenging for young people who are just beginning to discover who they are in Jesus. Today, we'll hear Pastor Clayton speaking at Crossroads Summer Camp about who we were and who we are now in Jesus. Let's look at who you were. Now, if you look at pictures of me, you'll see that I had a mullet. And it was luscious. I could grab my mullet and I could smack you across the room and hit you in the face with it and bring it back before you knew what happened to you. I know that mullets are popular again, but we created them in 1984. If you think about who you were, how many of you have got old pictures when you were a baby and you look at them sometimes and you're like, man, I sure was so cute and cuddly and golly, how did I have fat rolls on my forearms? You ever look at pictures of yourself in elementary school? Anybody do that? You look at pictures, you're like, is that who I was? Yes. And you know what your parents are gonna do? At your rehearsal dinner, they're gonna show the worst pictures of you when you were little. You're like, rehearsal dinner? Yeah, you'll figure it out. We all have a past. So let me now show you from Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, a little bit about who you were before you met Jesus because a a, a majority of us in here are Christians. Most of you, I would assume, have given your life to Jesus. But statistically, We're seeing about 20% of our attendants every week at summer camp give their lives to Christ. That means, now that's just statistically, I have no idea what this week is gonna be like, but over the last two weeks of summer camp, we've seen almost 500 students give their lives to Jesus for salvation. And in about 20 minutes, I believe we're gonna see 150 or 175 or maybe 200, who knows? We're praying that we see some of you give your life to Jesus. But I wanna show you what the scripture says about who we all were before we met Christ. Look at what it says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of the world according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath. That phrase there, under wrath, means under judgment. 
means we were guilty, as the others were also. Verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in sin, in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with Jesus, with him in the heavens, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Don't miss these next two verses. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Y'all, spend less time on your phone and more time reading the Bible. What we just read in those 10 verses is what theologians call high Christology. Makes Jesus to be so big and so beautiful. But now that we know who God is, let's see what the scripture says about who you were. I'm gonna put a couple of words up here. They are not encouraging words. They are not warm, fuzzy words. They are serious words. First of all, you were dead. You were dead before Jesus. That's why I'm, as a preacher, and if you're an adult leader and you've never been to Crossroads before, I'll make this commitment to you. We don't dumb down the scripture we don't even, I, don't even like to, I don't even like to replace biblical words with new words. I know everybody has issues, okay? But you know what? You're not a magazine subscription. Your biggest problem is not that you have issues. Your biggest problem is that you're a sinner. And so am I. I sin. Now I'm 49 and I've been a Christian for 35 years. My sins that make me dead without Jesus, it's not so much the stuff I do. It's the stuff I think. Sometimes when I start thinking, oh, I'm a pretty good Christian. I, I, I'm really doing good. Been walking with the Lord for a long time. Somebody will cut me off on the interstate. And I all of a sudden decide that I am gonna run over them in my Ford F-250. It's amazing how I can be listening to worship music in my truck, going to church to preach, and somebody cut me off, and all of a sudden, I, in my heart, in my flesh, wanna give them the one-way sign to heaven. And I'm not gonna show you what I'm talking about because you would take a picture and it would ruin my reputation. <laughs> Listen, it's not that I have issues. It's not that I have an anger issue. It's not that you're just, that you have an anxiety issue. I understand that. I've struggled with anxiety. I, I do struggle with anger. It's my default. 
When I don't get my way, I get angry. I'm not very patient without the Holy Spirit. The problem is not that you've got issues. Y'all look at me. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm gonna talk to you like a dad. When you sin, sin kills you. When you break God's law, God's law breaks you. You're not gonna hear that from American culture. American culture is gonna tell you that nothing is wrong except being closed-minded. The culture is not gonna tell you that anything is sinful. The culture is gonna tell you that it's only religious fanatics that like to use the word sin. We can call me whatever you want to. I don't care what name or label you put on me, but I will stand before God one day and answer for what I've told you when I've got this mic strapped to my head and I'm telling you what the Bible says. If you sin and you don't repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus, you're dead. It'll kill you. We're all gonna die. The Bible says it's appointed to us to die. We don't know when. I talked to my uncle today. My, I've got two uncles left. They're my only family members left. His name is Bill Snow. He's 89 years old. We talked for an hour today on the phone. And I prayed for him on the telephone. He said, Clayton, pray for one thing for me that I'll live to see my 90th birthday in October. He has had terminal cancer since 2010. He's lived for 12 years with terminal cancer. God gave him a dozen more years. But one day, one day, my Uncle Bill will be dead and I'll preach his funeral. And one day you'll be dead too. I'm not trying to be sad. I'm not trying to bring down the mood. I'm trying to prepare you for death. You'll spend a lot more time alive after death than you will alive before death. You'll spend eternity living somewhere. You're not just dead though. Yeah, you, want, you want something even scarier than that? Not only are we before Christ dead, but we are, and here is a really important word that I wanna camp out on for just a minute, judged. I posted something on Instagram yesterday. The most famous Bible verse, the most popular Bible verse in America right now, in our culture right now, when it comes to human sexuality, when it comes to decisions, when it comes to gender identity, when it comes to who you love, who you sleep with, who can marry who, when it comes to anything, there's one verse everybody knows. It's two words, judge not. It comes from Matthew 7, actually, the Sermon on the Mount. Matter of fact, I've, I've seen this tattoo. I've seen it on NBA players. I've seen it on pastors. Only God can judge me. They tattoo it on their arm. Only God can judge me. I don't have tattoos because I don't like pain or needles. Um, I'll never get a tattoo. I got no problem with tattoos, but, I, but I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be hesitant to put a tattoo on my body that says only God can judge me. I know he will, but I also know this. I was dead in my trespasses. The Bible says, I'm gonna use the verse again. I wanna read the phrase to you. It says that you and I were under wrath. That literally means judged. Here's what we always like to say. Don't judge me. Don't judge my clothes. Don't judge my friends. Don't judge who I love. Don't judge who I hang out with. Only God can judge me. Do you realize what we're saying when we say that? That one day God will. For some of you, you've never heard that in your entire life. You've never had anybody tell you that one day you will stand before God. And that one day you and I We'll have to answer for the way that we lived. 
if you are not a Christian, you're already judged. And biblically speaking, on your way to a terrible, awful, eternal place that Jesus called hell. People ask me before, Clayton, why do you believe in hell? Only two reasons. Because the Bible teaches it and Jesus believed in it. If it weren't for those two things, I'd scrap hell. I wouldn't believe in it. It's a lot easier not to believe in hell. A lot easier to believe everybody goes to heaven one day. We all believe in the same God. We all worship the same thing just by different names. Uh, everybody's gonna make it to heaven one day. Um, I would love to believe that. The only problem is the Bible says there's a place called hell and Jesus talked about it actually more than he talked about heaven. So without Jesus, you were dead and you were judged. I'm not these things anymore. I was I'm not anymore. If you're a Christian, you're not dead in your sins. You're not under God's judgment anymore. If you're not a Christian, right here, right now at Crossroads, you're, you're dead in your sins and you're under God's wrath until you repent and believe. See, this is the warning. But now, let me show you from the scripture who you are. And this is the good news. You don't have to be dead. You don't have to be judged. There are five words straight from Ephesians chapter 2 that I want to show you that identify who you are. First of all, the Bible says that you are, and please don't miss this, in light of every other thing I have said, please do not miss the fact that you are loved. God loves you. He loves you so much, John 3.16 says, he sent his only son to die for you on the cross. God loves you. But I wanna show you something. God loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He loves you just the way you are, but he doesn't want you to stay the way you are. He wants to make you new. He wants to make you better. He wants to, here's the second word, he wants to make you Alive. The night that I gave my life to Jesus, I was in the eighth grade and I got down on my knees at an altar and the minute I asked Jesus to come into my heart, I felt alive in the moment. See, the problem is not that I was bad before I met Jesus and I needed to be good. The problem was I was dead and I needed to be alive. We'll get back to Clayton in just a minute. But first, I'd like to let you know about Crossroads Summer Camp 2023. There are a lot of camp experiences out there, but there's nothing quite like the Crossroads Summer Camp experience. We've been providing a life-changing experience for students since 1996. Our mission is to reach students with the gospel of Jesus Christ, help them understand God's word, and give them the tools to live it out in their daily lives. We aim to be not only the most fun week of each student's summer, our primary goal is to create an environment for each camper to be seen, become known, and have a life-changing experience with God. To find out more about Crossroads Summer Camp 2023 and to register, check us out online at crossroadssummercamp.com. Again, to find out more about this summer's camp, go to crossroadssummercamp.com. Here's another word 
The third one, it's straight from Ephesians chapter two, right here in the verses that we've read, you are saved. Saved, rescued. That's what I love about Jesus is that he saves us from our sin. I'm not born saved, I'm born a sinner. I have to be reborn into the kingdom of God, same for you. So don't think, oh, I was born in a Christian home, so I was born a saint. No, I was raised in church, so I was born saved. No, you were not. You were not born saved. You were born sinful. You have to be reborn into salvation when you ask Jesus to save you, which brings me to the fourth word. Here's who you are now. I like this one. This is where I am now. You are seated. What does that mean? Well, most of y'all are sitting down right now. You're seated. It means you can relax. It means you can take a load off. It means you don't have to work for your salvation. It says right here in verse six, he also raised us up with Jesus and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might display his riches through us. Seated means that you don't have to earn the feast of God's grace he's prepared for you. It means Jesus did the work for you so that you wouldn't have to try to be perfect. Hey, I hope, that, I hope the Holy Spirit takes that. When I say that, I hope that takes weight off your shoulders. Because some of you are like, yeah, I mean, camp looks fun, and I hope that we have some fun doing activities, and the music's pretty good, and Clayton's kind of funny. He's bald, but he's kind of funny. Um, I mean, but some of y'all are sitting there going, but this isn't really for me because I've already messed up so bad. I have blown it so bad. Some of y'all are sitting there right now going, I, I could never do any of this because I'm addicted to porn. I could never do any of this because I've messed around sexually. I, I could never be a Christian because... I wasn't raised in church. This is my first summer camp I've ever come to. My mom and dad aren't religious. I don't know a single Bible verse by heart. You know what? It doesn't matter. You do not have to be perfect. You can't. Jesus was perfect for you. So you can sit down at the table and enjoy the feast of God's grace and just enjoy how he works in your life you don't have to earn it. You just have to receive it. One more word. Here's who you are. You are all of these things, but when you become a Christian and you give your life to Jesus, you're sent into the world on mission. You become a minister of the gospel. Girls and guys, young and old, ordained, unordained, Baptist, Methodist, non-denominational, churches that sing hymns with a piano and churches that have a drum kit on stage. Doesn't matter, you're sent with a story to tell. The Bible says, and what I just read to you, that he might display, verse seven, the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ. You know what God wants to do with your life? He wants to make you a billboard for Jesus. He wants to make you a billboard 
displaying to your friends at school that you're a new person? How, how much would it change your school if you fully surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you knew your identity? That your identity is I am loved, I'm alive, I'm saved, I'm seated, I'm sent. How much would it change your school if sitting in the cafeteria at lunch, everybody's telling a racist joke and you speak up and go, hey, you know what? Because I'm a Christian and I believe that everybody is made in the image of God, I need to tell you that that's an inappropriate joke and I don't appreciate it and I'm not gonna listen to it. How much would that change? How much would it change your class if while everybody else is cheating on a test, you don't? I'm telling you, we are sent into the world to show the world that Jesus Christ is the best way to live. And if some of y'all could make up your mind tonight, like in the next two minutes, if some of you could just make up your mind that you care more about what Jesus says about you than what your friends think about you, you would change the world. Instead of being sucked down the, the, the drain pipe of culture with the flow of everybody else, what if you stood up? What if you stood out? What if you made up your mind? I know who God is. I know who I am. I'm gonna live for Jesus and I'm not trying to win a popularity contest because none of these people died on the cross for me. Jesus did. My allegiance belongs to him. What if you did that? Some of you don't know who you are yet. You don't know your potential. You are his masterpiece. In verse 10, it says we are his workmanship. One translation uses the word masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. Like a beautiful piece of art on display in a museum, but even better than that, because we're not just displayed behind plexiglass. We're in the world, but not of it. We're living among people, showing them who Jesus is. We're showing people the gospel is true by the way that we live our lives. So when Jesus saves you, he doesn't save you to sit around. He saves you to send you out. So I'm just wondering, maybe the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, is knocking on your heart and you're feeling it. And what you've been looking for is somebody to tell you who you really are. And you won't find that identity on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube. You won't find it on your phone. You won't find it when you finally meet the right girl or date the right guy or make the right grades or get the scholarship. You'll find out who you really are when you discover who God is and how much he loves you. And for some of you, that moment of discovery is right now. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and open your hearts. Everybody. And I want you to listen for that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit because he's speaking to some of you right now. And what I'm doing is I'm giving an invitation for some of you that have never trusted Jesus for salvation to be saved right now. That's the invitation. Maybe you've done something like this before. Maybe you've prayed a prayer before. Maybe you've been confirmed. Maybe you've gone through a class. Maybe you came down front at a, an event. 
If you're really truly a Christian, you can't get saved again because you're already saved. But if you don't know for sure that you've ever truly repented of your sins and asked Jesus to save you, you can do that right now. That's when you'll discover who you are. Have you asked Jesus to be your savior? This is the most important question you'll ever ask. If you are ready, we would love to walk with you through this journey. Reach out to us at claytonking.com. And if you would like to hear this program again, send it to a friend or explore all the other resources we have for your spiritual journey with Jesus. Check us out at claytonking.com.